0: Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. The, the week that we started to go into the house of prayer, the Lord spoke something to me that morning when we gathered here, and that was that this body, this gathering, was going to be a new church a new church. It wasn't that the people that are here are gonna leave, but it was that he was gonna hit reset. You see, before, I really believe that we were doing our best to do what the Lord had spoken to us, but we have found a sweet spot, and we know for sure that this is what God intended for Mastic Beach, for home church, to be doing. And before... I think that good things drew people in. We had bagels. We had coffee. We had a wonderful fellowship before service. We served the community really, really, really well. Uh, Tremendous, honestly. But there was something that we couldn't put our finger on that the Lord was speaking to us, and that was that we needed to be a house of prayer That before anything else, Jesus needed to be at the center. And that when we put Jesus at the center, instead of the community drawing people in, Jesus himself would draw people in. And from Jesus drawing them in, Jesus is a way better keeper than we are. Right? Amen. So from that, fellowship would arise. Community that is in unity because of Jesus being at the center. Amen? Come on. That's good stuff. It's good stuff. So as the Lord spoke that to me, I started to really think about what community looks like, and his desires for community, they started to bubble up in me, and he started just downloading words. As I'm driving, I'm just uh, putting the microphone on and speaking them in, and I just am so excited to release them to you. Right now, the world is marked by division, by strife, and by hatred. There's no denying it. We see it everywhere, right? It's seeping into every little thing. And my heart is that it would not seep into this body, nor in the body of Christ. God desires us to be unified. But he desires us to be unified under love, He desires us to be unified and marked by the things that marked Jesus. Joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, purity, forgiveness. We have the opportunity in this dark culture climate to be salt and light, to be a real lighthouse, like a bug zapper. (laughs) If we live this way, we will naturally attract the unbeliever. And I pray that as we journey through these weeks, because I'm preaching a couple times in a row. Woo, I've never done that, come on. I'm excited and I'm not afraid and that's new. (laughs) As we journey, I'm just gonna ask you and I wanna ask you right now if you could just close your eyes and I could pray over you because I want you to trust me with your heart. I want you to soften your heart. I want you to quiet the critical voice inside of you and open yourself up. I promise you the things that I'm going to release are from the heart of God, but they will challenge you. I've been challenged in the past few weeks. I've been going through a deep, deep process, and some people that know me know that, but it's been victorious and sweet. So, Jesus, I pray right now for your body here. This is your words. This is what you intended for everybody. I pray that their hearts would be softened and opened to receive your words. I pray that they would see past my shortcomings, my faults, and everything else that makes me human, and see you, hear you. Holy Spirit, anoint me for your purposes, Pray you would pour out your oil over me and pour out your oil over your people that a new work would be done in the body of Christ in Jesus's mighty name, amen. All right, yeah. Woo, you're clapping now. Let's see if it keeps up. All right, so for the first week in this community series, I wanna talk to you about your personal responsibility within the community, within the body of Christ. And not just the body of Christ here, but the body of Christ at large. You see, in counseling, and I don't know if you guys know, but I do a lot of counseling, a lot of marriage counseling specifically. But any relationship can only be as healthy as the least healthy person within that community, within that relationship. Amen? So today we're talking about our personal responsibility to grab hold of our own Spiritual maturity, our own spiritual health. Amen. You still clapping? Woo! Come on. It's good. It's really good because Jesus gives us everything we need for it. Okay, so I want you to turn with me to 1 John 1-7. Okay? Go ahead and turn to 1 John 1-7. And this is where we're gonna start. And I'm gonna um I'm gonna definitely hit home on the words that the Lord had spoken to me with scripture so that you know and understand that this is the word of God. This comes from his word. And if you love him, you'll love his word. And if you love him, you'll obey his word, amen? And that's where our hearts have to be softened. It's okay to be corrected. He's a good father. He has good intentions for us. So 1 John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But if we walk in the light. You see, this is addressing believers. That doesn't mean you're not saved. But we have the choice. If always means we have a choice. We have the choice to walk in the light. And we should walk in the light because Jesus put his Holy Spirit in you. And that's why he did that, one of the many reasons. True fellowship with one another, true community with one another, cannot happen unless we are walking in the light. That is what the scripture says. What does it mean to walk in the light? Well, it simply means to live like Jesus lived. When we don't, it's okay but we need to allow ourselves to be corrected. It means that we need to allow the parts of our lives that don't align with Jesus to be exposed to that light, to be be gotten rid of, right? That we would not hide that part, that we would allow him to expose that. Years ago, the Lord had showed me what it's like when a man turns on a light in a dark room. When a man turns on a light in a dark room, what happens? Your eyes hurt and you squint. Ooh, it hurts, right? There's nothing natural about it. But when God makes the darkness flee and the sun rises, it is the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen. It is captivating. Our eyes, actually, we can't take our eyes off of it, right? So when God brings us to be corrected, when God brings us to the light, our darkness to the light, it is beautiful. So don't fear. This is how he designed it. If we are to be in fellowship with one another, we need to walk in the light. And some of you are saying, well, I don't want to be in fellowship. Well, that's too bad. He called you to be in fellowship. (laughs) And we're going to go through these next few weeks, why it is so important to be part of fellowship You yourself, you alone are not the church. We've heard it said before, right, that I am the church. We are the church. And this is true. The building is not the church. The gathering is the church. Okay? It's really important for you to know that me by myself, I am not the church. It is when we operate together, the thumb with every other finger, the hand with the arm, the arm with the body, the body with the foot, the foot with the toes. That makes the church. Amen? Do you understand that? We have to be operating together to fulfill the purposes that God has placed on us. Your individual calling cannot be fulfilled properly the right way that God intends it to be unless you are part of a church. Like it or not, Don't know what to say. (laughs) It's okay, we'll explore it together. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's God's design. It will fill your heart with joy as you walk in the discipline of fellowship because it is a discipline just like everything else, amen? So how do we walk in the light? Well, you came to the right place because these past few weeks we have set up prayer rooms where we can behold the Lord, That is the first step to walking in the light, is to see Jesus. Because to obey him, you have to love him. To love him, you have to spend time with him. When you spend time with Jesus, you will literally fall in love. But what also happens when we behold him is that our sins get exposed. And some of you I know have been encountering this and it's uh, the people that I know have spoken to me it's been a beautiful encounter it hasn't been a harsh encounter with a harsh father it's been a good father calling out things that you've wanted rid of in your life for a long time So Isaiah 6:5 says this Isaiah is a prophet and he had a vision of the Lord and when he entered into that vision he saw the holiness of the Lord and he said woe is me for I am lost For I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. God's holiness will expose our sinfulness. And it's okay, because he made a way. Amen? So please, if you want change in your life, come to these prayer sets Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord on your own time. Spend time. Ask him to show him what it's like to be in his presence. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3 says, So put away all malice, all deceit and hypocrisy, and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. If... Indeed, you have tasted that the Lord is good. If, again, we see that. If you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And the Lord is good. Amen? And I'm just encouraging you, first step, get in the presence of God. Get to one of those prayer sets. If you don't know how to get into the presence of God by yourself, get to a prayer set. Please, come, encounter the Lord. This is the whole purpose of you living on this earth. If you taste that the Lord is good, you will begin to be confronted with the things in your life that are not of God. Conviction is healthy. Conviction is beautiful. Conviction is a gift to us. Let's just tear down those other lies. One that we should want to welcome. One that is designed by the Lord himself to love us and to protect us and to aid us in the mission that he has sent us on. So yes, I'm talking about holiness. So soften your heart, and for those of you who are jumping and excited that I'm preaching on holiness, don't discount yourself, because we have never arrived in this. We have to continually expose our heart before the Lord. Amen? And here is, um, this is something that the Lord showed me, and it's something that has uh, become ingrained in our culture, and that the culture is kind of pushing upon us, and you might not even know that you've grown up in this, but... I hope that your mind, that it's revealed to you in this. I think that there's something that keeps us from wanting to pursue holiness. And that is the idea that consequence is not good. Now this is gonna get deep, but I want you to follow me. Consequence is a result or effect of an action or a condition, amen? God designed consequence. But the enemy... He seeks to deceive us, not just the body of Christ, but the entire world, that we can and should not have to suffer consequence, that we should not have to in any way suffer for the choices that we make. Please remember, you love me and your hearts are soft right now, okay, because this is going to really tear down some ideologies that have been built by our culture. We can see this agenda playing out in so many different ways in our culture, Primarily, this is something that I always speak about, something that's on my heart, but we see it in abortion, right? If you have sex, you shouldn't have to have the baby. Kill it. Simple. I mean, that is purely the enemy. That is not God's design for what that should do. If, if you don't work, you should still have shelter, food, Cell phone, you should have everything. And now listen, I am not, so don't twist my words. There is always a place that we need to uh, protect people who need these things, but I'm addressing the agenda of the heart that says, give me, I deserve, this is mine. This should be mine, no matter what. That is what I'm addressing, and it's really, really important. Keep your heart soft. I'm not talking about when we need help, okay? There is obviously reasons Why we need those things? I'm talking about the taking advantage of those things. If you break the law, you shouldn't be charged for breaking the law. We're seeing that left and right. Guys, this is the enemy. We see laws that are being cultivated to protect sexual predators. It makes my body shake with anger and rage. There is a consequence to these things that the enemy is convincing people that they should not pay. And at the end of the day, this is what God said to me. He said, this is the agenda of the enemy. But what the Lord wants you to know is that what the enemy is doing is that he is seeking to get the people to believe there should not be consequence because if he can do that, he can convince the people ultimately that there should be no penalty for sin. And in turn, no need for a savior. If I think that I don't need to pay a penalty for any choice that I make, why on earth would I need to be saved? The wages of sin is death. Jesus is the answer. In good effort, and this is the part that I wept for a long, long, long time about. In an effort to be effective, the church has responded to try to reach people. And they have fell into the enemy's trap and desire to push the agenda of no consequences by a gospel that gives grace but does not, re- does not demand repentance and holy living. A gospel that gives freedom but does not include sacrifice of your own life. But Jesus was very clear. We must die to ourselves. But once we encounter the consequence remover. You see, Jesus is the only consequence remover. He literally removes the consequences. But. He commands responsibility with what he has given us. I say this out of love. I say this not because I'm judging you, but because you are a royal priesthood. You are God's people. You've been given the Holy Spirit inside of you. Right religion. Yes, there is a right religion. The Lord showed me this this week. Being an atheist, I'm all about like, whoo, relationship, not religion. And the Lord was like, no, there is religion that is pleasing to me. Right religion, yes, happens through right relationship, which is first beholding him, first loving him. If you love him, you'll obey him. James 1, 2, 27, don't believe me that there's right religion, here you go, the word of God, James 1, 27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep one's self unstained from the world. We are holy positionally. We believe that wholeheartedly. We preach that. We teach that. Come on, guys. We are holy. We know that. God gives us his holiness. When he sees me, he sees Jesus. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. But God says, walk it out. Walk it out. Don't believe me still. It's okay. Let's keep journeying. 1 Peter 1 13 through 16. Therefore, preparing your minds for action, doing, action, and being sober minded, set your hope on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Behold him, simply. As obedient children, Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. I made a list of my former ignorances. Seriously, a month ago, when I read this, I made a list. And I said, Lord, I will not be conformed to these any longer. And I'm not perfect. Ask my husband. (laughs) But I have given everything these past few weeks because before I could speak this to you, I had to do it myself. But I encourage you. First Peter 1 Peter 1.15 says, but as he who called you holy, he called you holy, positionally you're holy, is holy. You also be holy in all your conduct. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this. And if you've heard it, I don't know if you've heard it from a position of love. Because I know that when I came into the, to, to the body of Christ, it was popular to say, grace, grace, grace. But grace leads to something. Grace leads to change. Grace leads to responsibility. Amen? I feel like an old-time preacher up here. God can use an atheist. Come on, bartender. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for new life. <laughs> it is written... You shall be holy for I am holy. Walking in holiness is not about making people feel bad about themselves, other people. Walking in holiness is not about making you feel less than when you fail. Walking in holiness is not about you being better than somebody else when you actually do it. Walking in holiness is the primary way that God allows us to bring his kingdom here transformed lives my favorite thing in the whole world is when somebody who is walking in deep sinfulness is transformed by the gospel and then they walk in holiness and they continue to pursue that holiness your transformed life is evidence of a supernatural god you cannot come out of what you are in without a supernatural god without the holy spirit Oh, some of you guys wanna get up and run. It's okay, (laughs) I can feel it in the spirit. Remember, say this, conviction is good. Conviction is God's design. Conviction is love. Conviction is love. Conviction is love. It's okay, it's okay if you wanna run, but don't run. Keep your feet grounded. Jesus loves you and he's speaking to you. Walking in holiness does not make you an unrelatable believer. Jesus wasn't unrelatable at all and he didn't have a drop of sin in him. He was filled with love and compassion while walking in holiness. I've heard it said that people shouldn't talk about holiness or I don't want to go that route. That's too much because people won't relate to that and they won't come to Jesus. Well, my my friend, that is not Jesus's design. Jesus's design is that you would walk in holiness. That is the miracle that will draw all men. Signs and wonders are awesome. Healings, miraculous healings, awesome, love it. But your life transformed Your life submitted, Holy Spirit in you, is the primary way that we bring the kingdom. Our lives represent Jesus himself, right? But Jesus wants to be represented in a particular way. He gives us the power to do that by the Holy Spirit, which he spilt his precious blood to give you. And you've heard this said That your life might be the only Bible that people read. And I've always heard that, and I'm like, oh, let me be really nice to everybody and smile at them. I don't know if that's how you interpret it. Maybe it's just me. Let me just be really kind to everybody uh, and smile. (laughs) That's a good Bible, right? No, Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that your life might be the only Bible that people read. He knew it. So what did he do? He gave you the ability to walk that out. He gave you a supernatural power that when people see your life, they see the life of Jesus. Holy, loving, compassionate, forgiving, full of mercy, full of grace, unoffendable. Come on, this is Jesus, the Jesus we love. He's in you and he's commanding that you respond to his grace by walking in this, that you represent him well on this earth. So, now that we know that holiness is important, it's not just some old school thing, it's very, very important to Jesus. Let's go back to that moment in Isaiah. Before I do that, I want to say this the cross removed eternal consequences. The cross removed eternal consequences. But we still can suffer natural consequences here on earth. The wages of sin are still death. We experience that. When we enter in and do something sinful, our souls feel it. We know it. And I, I can say it confidently because I've been there. I can say it confidently because I know the Holy Spirit. I know the Word. And I know that you've experienced that. And my question to you is why would you choose death? Jesus removed eternal consequence, but there's consequence here on earth. There is a life and life abundantly, freedom in Jesus. We have that choice. If you love him, you will obey him. Okay? All you have to do is look at him and respond like Isaiah. In that moment, what do we do, Lord? In that moment where we're being confronted, we have the ability to either run or get responsible. We have the ability to either run or get responsible. And I felt the heartbreak of the Lord for those who have ran. And I felt the heartbreak over me for running because he'll speak something specifically to us. And if we don't want to address it, we just won't, we'll run away from the presence of God. We'll harden our hearts. If you run, there will be a war inside because you have the Holy Spirit in you. And some of you guys, I see some of you smiling. You've experienced that war. God wins, right? Right? If you submit, he's the one who guides you. But when you choose to walk differently than the ways of truth, you choose war in your soul. Don't believe me? First Peter 2, 9 through 11. Why don't you turn there with me? I can really feel that some of you guys are on the edge. I can feel that you guys are on the edge. <laughs> I say jump. <laughs> jump and surrender. Jump and surrender. You could pick up a stone and throw it at me. (laughs) I'll go to heaven. Or you can realize this is what you're called to. A holy, beautiful life. Wonderfully free, walking in the light of Jesus. This is the gospel of Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 11. But you are a chosen race. You, all of you a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. My goodness. Once you were not a people, meaning you were nobody. Once we were nobodies, but now we are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now... Now, right now, you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourns and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which do what? Are you reading it? Which wage war against your soul. They wage war against your soul, guys. If you have depression, anxiety, all these things that are opposite of what the Lord has promised, I promise you, if you look at this, you will be healed. If you dig deep, if you do the work, if you expose yourself to the holy presence of God who is peace and he puts his finger on something, you will be delivered from that thing, guys. If, if you do the work, if you do the work, Jesus is filled with peace. Jesus is filled with peace. Do you think we should be at war within ourselves when people meet us if he's filled with peace? That's a big deal. If there's war in my soul, am I representing Jesus well? No. And that breaks my heart. Because I want to represent him well. And I want you to represent him well. It's this two-way street. You represent him well and you get to walk in freedom and you get to have everything that you long for when you walk in this way. It's so gorgeous. He's so amazing the way he designed it. It's not just about him. It's also about you and the longings of your heart. As a human, and I I just, I thought of, um, when I was thinking of this, the Lord reminded me of when we went to Africa, we saw these little kids, and uh, there was these deep, deep sewers at, right outside their house and just this skinny little board. And there were just these, like, two-year-olds wandering around the neighborhood, walking over that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And the Lord reminded me of that moment. And he said, people adapt no matter what we adapt. I don't know about you, but sometimes when my house gets messy, I'm like, eh, no big deal. I'll just hang out and hang out and hang out until my husband's like, what? What's going on? It takes a voice from outside to say, hey, this isn't right. We adapt. People really adapt until a voice comes from the outside. But the thing about that voice that comes in from the outside when we adapt is that it takes responsibility and it takes an effort. It takes an effort to get to the bottom of things. Brittany, will you come up? At the end of the day, at the end of this day, at the end of me speaking, I have stewed over this for a lot of hours. And at the end of the day, all I want you to do is to do the hard work. Do the hard work and surrender. If you cannot figure out why you can't surrender this thing, ask someone for help. Keep digging, keep searching. Don't give up and say, I'll always struggle with fear. That's a partnership with a lie. That's a partnership with death. That is not what Jesus died for. Do not say to yourself, I'll always be like my mom. Jesus didn't die for that. Do not say, I've always been this way so this is just the way that i am no you are a new creation so dig deep dig deep it is worth it to dig deep and walk in this holiness address this holiness dig deep do the hard work get with people have people pray over you talk to people ask them why get a counselor listen get a counselor get a christian counselor who knows the word Let them help you walk through it. There is no shame. But here's what is important is that you are free and free indeed. This is what the blood of Jesus paid for. Your freedom. We can't settle outside of holiness and wholeness. Holiness and wholeness. And this is the sad part. That is, if you don't want to do the hard work, you're going to have to harden your heart to the Lord. And I have seen it way too many times. I have cried way too many times over people who I know what God has called them to. And they just walk away. And I just plead with you to the hard work. Jesus wants you set free. He wants you walking in all that he has for you. But if you don't do that work, your heart will get hardened. You won't want to be around the things of the Lord. And you certainly will not want to be around the people of the Lord. I understand. I know. There's been times two years ago, where I just didn't want to be around anybody because I had shot myself off to what the Lord was speaking to me. He said, forgive, forgive, forgive. And I said, not until they say they're sorry. And then I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't want to be around the people of God, didn't want to hear about the things of God, could not go into prayer and worship because I would be convicted like Isaiah. Don't let that be you guys. Don't let it be you. You're called to so much more. Enjoy this pursuit of holiness. Because as you become spiritually healthy, this community will too. And this community right here, right here, you know, has been broken. We have broken families We have a lot of brokenness. We have a lot of addiction. They need you to walk in what Jesus has released. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the light. There's no more room for compromise. There's no more room for settling outside of it. We must. We must understand that this is our call. This is our responsibility. And that healthy community starts with you. So who's taking responsibility? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To walk in the light. To desire and understand the pursuit of holiness as a beautiful, wonderful thing. To desire to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And then we can have pure fellowship with one another. And be a community that represents Jesus well. There is no perfection in this. You will never arrive in this. It's about being like David, right? We're being like David and worshiping the king. It's about being like David and saying, search my heart and know me. There's no arriving. It's a willingness. I'm not saying that you're gonna be perfect. Please, don't twist that. I'm saying that there is a pursuit that your heart needs to be set on fire for, that you will no longer stand for these compromises because there is just no place in a Christian's life for these things. Not because you're better than anyone, but because you represent him, guys. You are his primary way of people seeing Jesus, and he wants to be seen rightly. And he put his Holy Spirit in you to walk it out in all your conduct. And when we do that, 1 Peter 2, 12 says this. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they're gonna see God's deeds. They're gonna see good deeds. They're gonna glorify God. So if we wanna be good witnesses, we need to walk in this because this is how the world is gonna see and glorify God, amen? Amen. I hope you feel wonderful. <laughs> if you are on the edge, please submit and surrender. If you've said, uh, listen, also some of you guys have had titles spoken over you that you've made agreements with. And I just break those in Jesus name. I break the title of addict over you in Jesus name. You're you're a new creation. I break off abuser in Jesus' name. I break off anger in Jesus' name. All of those titles. I break off loser in Jesus' name. I break off that people have said to you that you're not smart and you've settled in it in Jesus' name. I just break every curse that has been spoken over you that you have agreed with. No more agreeing, that is sinful. We don't agree with that. We break it in Jesus name. We say no. We repent for believing that lie. We repent for believing the lies that are counter to what God says about us. We will walk in your holiness, Lord Jesus. I will no longer be a glutton. I rebuke that in Jesus name. I rebuke the generational curse that says I will always be this way. I will always be angry. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. No, I no longer say that is me. I am a new creation. I am filled with peace. I am filled with joy. I am filled with love. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. The holy of holies lives in me. The holy of holy lives in me. The Holy of Holies lives in me. The Holy of Holies lives in you. Put your hand on your heart right now. The Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies
1: lives in you. The Holy of Holies lives in you. You can walk
0: in holiness. No more settling in Jesus' name. Lord, make them salt make them salty again in Jesus' name. That when people see them, they would see you. That people would long. That they would be thirsty for what they have in Jesus' name. That in this dark world filled with hate and division
1: and strife, that you would mark your people with peace. And that when anxiety rises, that they would attack it with the word of God and the truth. That they would use one another, Lord God, if they can't get out of it. That they would pray for one another when they struggle. That they would be open
0: to the light exposing their sin that they would understand that they are covered by the blood and there is no more shame no more shame under the blood but that they would not
1: settle they would not hide that darkness would not be their portion but that light and holiness would be their portion that the world would know you lord That the world would know you, Lord. That you would use our little lives, Lord Jesus. I pray right now that the power of your Holy Spirit would fall on your people, Lord. That you would convict your people to walk in this way, Lord. That you would convict your people to walk in this way, Lord. That those who are standing at the edge saying no. That those who are standing at the edge saying, this can't be right. This isn't what I was taught that they would see your words so clear. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now. Oh, Lord, come down, holy fire, and burn away every impurity in our hearts, Lord. Burn away everything that is not of you, that we may shine your glory to the nations, Lord God that you would do everything that you said you would do in this house, Lord God. Revival starts in the body of Christ. Revival starts in your heart. Revival starts in you first. Lord, revive us
0: back to life where we have chosen death. Revive us back to life in the mighty name of Jesus. That we would be a good witness. That you would create a community. A fellowship centered on you, Jesus. Centered on the person of Jesus. Representing you well. I just pray for anyone right now who is wrestling with the thing that you are speaking to them to let go of. Right now, Visit them, Holy Spirit. I thank you for your love over them. Thank you for your freedom over them. Light a fire in each of us. Help us to desire pure spiritual milk, Lord. Pray a new desire to tear down the things that are not of you, that we would get violent towards the things of darkness, because that is not your kingdom. So we do not accept them in our lives. We are pure, holy, royal, because your blood paid for it. No more settling, no more complacency. This world, they need you, Jesus. And Lord, you sent us. You came. You died, you sent down your Holy Spirit to live in us and now you're sending us. Build up your body in purity, in holiness, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you need prayer, if uh, Don, Vicky, Pat, and Diane, if you guys could come up, you guys are welcome to come. Hopefully you guys all come next week. <laughs> Listen. This is a good thing. If you need prayer, if you feel like you really need to repent and you need, um, you need somebody to do that with, like we just said, I want you to come up here. If you've agreed with a lie or you've settled in a place where you said, I don't need to walk in holiness, God knows my heart. Well, he does know your heart. And that's frightened me at times because my heart is not so pretty or uh, God knows me. He knows I love him. Well, he says that if you love him, you'll obey him. He has designed it so that you love him a certain way, guys. Love him well. This is the word of the Lord. This is not Crystal's word. I'd rather talk to you about something else, trust me. (laughs) But this is God's word, so amen. I love you all so deeply. I want to see you all walk in what God has for you. Every individual calling and the calling as the body of Christ that we have uh, uh, had here, yeah, and continue to grow. So Jesus, have your way. You guys can come forward if you'd like prayer. Amen.